All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and uh, I am solo tonight. I should say solo. I am solo hosting tonight. There's no Andy. He's actually currently taking uh, his family and his little one trick-or-treating tonight because it's actually Halloween because uh, we're filming this episode early. Uh, Long story for you guys, but obviously because this is a Friday where most of you are viewing or listening to the show. But uh, currently, as you're listening to this, I am driving. I am hopefully making my home stretch down to Louisiana, where uh, actually our guest tonight and I are be competing uh, in Louisiana next week for the Hobie BOS Tournament of Champions down in Cattle Lake, Louisiana. Uh, so that's why you're filming this episode here on a Monday with our good buddy, Mr. Drew Gregory. And uh, we have some sauce to go through, some... Uh, some stuff that people need to know. Uh, I know there's been a lot of like discussion. There's been chatter about it. And, uh, you know, I've had it sent to me quite a few times. And my straight up answer to everybody is I want to hear it from the source. And that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, because Drew is a great friend of mine. And uh, I'm not one to chatter amongst others. I want to chat with the person that actually went through it. And Drew's going to lay it all out for us. So I'm looking forward to Hearing the details, and I'm sure you guys are as well. But a couple things before we get into today's show and bring on our guest for today. Um, obviously, TOC next week. So for folks that tune in to the personal channel on Be The Fish, that means Chasing Hardware is back. It'll be the last Chasing Hardware episodes for 2022 until 2023, which hopefully when schedules come out won't be too long of a hiatus and we can get back into it early in 2023. But also... Uh, hope you guys enjoyed our Halloween show that was on Tuesday. We're gonna we had a Halloween show that's gonna go live, or that was live, I should say. We talked about some uh, on the water horror stories. If you guys haven't checked that one out, I definitely encourage you to. Um, as well as if you haven't checked out the new Lure Lab show on the Serious Angler Podcast Network, there are links to below to that that is posted every Saturday morning, a 15, 20 minute show on just one specific lure or technique. And uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from it. It's really starting to take off. We enjoy the heck out of it. So I encourage you to, if you want to learn more about different baits, um, that is a great show. Check out again, links to everything, social media wise, the YouTube and the MP3, it's all living on its own platform. So the links down below are in the description. If you want to go check that out. And then also last piece of business, I promise I'm going through a laundry list right now. Um, We have some bonus shows coming up. We have four separate bonus shows they're going to be coming up throughout the next month with uh, a couple cool dudes that uh, we spent some time with uh, down at River Rocks Landing uh, for an X2 Power content shoot. Uh, again, as you guys know, this show is powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. They show us a lot of support. We flew down there and spent a few days with these guys filming and actually filmed a in-person Around the Campfire podcast, dual hosted by my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rudd. And we had on Justin Atkins, uh, Wes Logan, Justin Hamner, and our good buddy, Mr. Hunter Shryock. The first episode with Hunter will be posted here relatively soon. Uh, so that'll be probably on Tuesday mornings. The Obviously, if you guys pay attention to social, you'll know when that's coming out. But some cool bonus shows that have uh, Alex, myself, and actually Sean Budiak from X2 hosting and talking some not really relatively fishing stuff with these guys, but more kind of diving into the behind the scenes as a professional tournament angler. So it was, it was a pretty cool scoop, especially because 
you got me from you know the industry side, Sean as a sponsor, Alex from a YouTuber, and then you have a pro. It kind of had hit all four facets of the the tournament industry, or I should say the bass fishing industry in the current age. So it was really cool. So look forward to those. But without further ado, let's go. We got the we got through the laundry list of notes for you guys. Let's bring on our good buddy, Mister Mr., uh, Drew Gregory. What's going on, dude? Dude. It's been a crazy night already. Um, you whooped. <laughs> yeah, I'm whipped. I'm whipped from so much in the last few weeks. But anyway, we'll get into all that. But uh, you know, tonight we just uh, we're running some errands. The family. I'm uh, I'm separate from my wife. I'm in my truck. She's in her car with the kids. We're doing separate things. Anyway, I, on the way back home, I got a call from her. She's right ahead of me. We got to pull over. You know, Theo's getting sick. He's throwing up, and so he's got like projectile vomit. It's just you know, it's candy. a bad scene, dude. Yeah, a little bad bad scene. I don't know what it is, man, because we tried to limit his candy intake over the weekend. But, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it didn't turn out good. So I've been cleaning all that up and just jumped back on down here real quick into my uh, little little basement area. I do this for you. But um, it was it was kind of crazy. So, anyway, I've been cleaning all that up. It's been nasty. And then just another little bit of housekeeping. If you hear a beep, dude, have you ever had one of these smoke detectors that beeps in your house? Oh, you can't yeah, find it. You can't, you can't find, find the smoke detector? No, you can't find it. No <laughs> Dude, idea you gotta check the at. closets. You gotta check the I'm closets. I'm checking checked everywhere. It's in the basement here somewhere, but the one and there's no ceiling. It's not like you can something you can I don't know, man. It's just the two by fours, you know, or the whatever. I, I don't know, man. Can't find it. Everyone's while it beeps. And we're gonna have to call someone to come find it because it's literally just doesn't exist. And the ones that are that here are taking, be... taking the batteries out, and it's not them that are down here. That would be hilarious revenge to take on somebody where you just hide like a handful of smoke detectors around their house. Like where they, it's like really hard to find or like if you're you're helping, if you're like building the house, you put the smoke detectors inside the walls so that they can figure out where it's coming from. That happened to my sister. They accidentally uh, uh, sheet rocked it in. They did. They they totally drywalled it in and they, they could not find it. And that's where it was. It was inside the walls. And I wonder if that's what's happened here. I don't know, man, but Hopefully you guys don't hear it too much, but it, every once in a while it'll kind of chirp. But that's just that's what it is. So anyway, it's gonna Somebody's be playing uh, tricks on you. Yeah, exactly. But it's been a crazy night. You know, maybe one day Bailey, if uh, Lord willing, if you guys are you ever have kids, that's in your future in the cars, and you will understand this whole situation with uh, a one year old and a four year old and all the craziness that can just change your night like that, like in an instant, your whole night day whatever can just okay well, dude if, if you plan. gotta go if you gotta go yeah. by all means <laughs> he's asleep he is asleep now he's good right. we gave him some medicine i think we think he's good but uh i just had to clean up a lot of mess and not fun <laughs> till the skittles kick in yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well awesome. did you guys have a good halloween i know you guys we did. We on did. instagram you guys all dressed up oh awesome. yeah he was the big bad wolf and we were the three little pigs my, my daughter sophia she's almost one my wife Christine and I, we were the three little pigs. He's the big bad She's wolf. Almost one. She turns one. Remember during the TOC, I wasn't able to go last year because she was uh she Dude, it feels like yesterday. It yeah, feels like up, yesterday. November fifteenth. We are I mean, I guess you guys are listening to this on a Friday, right? Is that what yeah we're recording? So it's like Halloween. So the fourth, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah like two weeks she's gonna be one year old. And that is crazy to think about. That it was just Dude. That long ago that the uh, the tournament champions was going on, I was sitting there in a hospital kind of watching Tourney X and, and refreshing like everybody else, just kind of watching it all play out instead of you know being able to be there. But 
Dude, well, congrats. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know why it really felt like it was like this past summer that you had your kid. I don't it, know. It does, man. It feels and like it. it yeah. They always say time flies, like cherish it, you know, while you can. But uh, obviously, had nothing more I'd want in the world than to be there. So that was really cool. I was able to be there for, for her birth, even though she came a little early and, and kind of, met, you know, messed up a little bit of the fishing plans, but definitely That's well, it. well worth it. And a trophy that I'll cherish forever. She's the sweetest little thing. So. She's giving dad a better story for when he comes yeah. back down this year. That's, That's all. right. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about TUC at the end here, but really fit really fast before we top or good grief. I'm already like not being able to speak. It's late at night. You can tell how my day's going, not picking up after your kids, with <laughs> you know, that kind of crazy, but um, we're obviously going to get into today's topic, but before we do, let's talk about KBF national championship, which oh, yeah. we almost won that one. Yeah, I mean, being fifth place, you know, almost won, but not really almost won in terms of how many inches Russ just smashed everyone by. No, the KBF National Championship was fun. It was uh, obviously had this other tournament potential win, maybe not win, we don't know, looming. That was hard to kind of handle all that during the KBF National Championship, but probably one of the best things for me was to get out there and be with friends. Distract yourself. Be on the water, you know, be with – you know, God's beautiful creation and just catching, catching bass and exploring and just having fun, which is the whole reason we got into kayak fishing. Right. So right. to have fun. And, and so that was the best thing that probably could have happened to me is that tournament happening then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a kind of a crazy, crazy tournament. Uh, you know, Kentucky Lake has been down. We all know that this is no surprise. So it wasn't hard for me to kind of figure out, what I was going to do in terms of avoid the main lake, which we know, you know, the Asian carp and whatnot, it just hasn't come back yet. And then of course, in the fall with Shad migrating up creeks, you don't always know where they are in terms of like, you know, the Creek mouth with the lake, or are they kind of halfway back or all the way back or up into the Creek Creek itself. But I just knew that I was going to run into them somewhere. So that's kind of, I just figured a Creek or river was probably going to be the play. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's some lakes, and some reservoirs, um, never the rivers and the creeks never play. You know what I mean? Like the actual true rivers and creeks, you know, whether it's a Lake St. Clair or Erie or whatever, Cayuga, you know, you got lakes like Winnipesaukee, places that just don't have those like rivers and creeks. Lake Fork really doesn't have any good flowing water into it. A lot of these great fisheries don't. But the, And then other ones, you know there's a potential if it's the right time of the year, the right situation like this with Shad moving up in there. And uh, I just thought that was going to be the ticket. And it turns out it was for most of the top 10. They kind of figured out that you got to get back up into, into some, you know, creeks and rivers to really start getting into the places that the, I don't think the carp have really, maybe they don't want to go there for whatever reason. It's just shallow, the riffles, they can't get over. It's not their scene. I don't know. I don't, I've never studied Asian carp and the habitat they prefer, but they don't seem to be in there yet. So I don't think those, the rivers and creeks, the true rivers and creeks have been affected as much. So yeah, uh, you know, it's funny because Russ and Cody and I, who uh, were right there, you know, I think Cody was third. And then on the trail series and the, and the challenge series championship, Russ and, and Cody and I went one, two, three. But the funny thing was in pre-fishing, I run into Cody's van and uh, and I had a, a diaper in my truck, a new clean diaper, not a dirty diaper. Oh, and so, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this uh, on his, uh, on his, uh, just write a little note to him in Sharpie. I, I put a little notice that I see you 
on that diaper and I shoved it in his front door handle just to kind of make him, he's a buddy of mine. So I just was kind of messing with him and I was yeah, eventually yeah. going to tell him it was me just to make him sweat a little bit. Like, yeah, man, we see you, you're found, you know, Cause no one wants that dude. Like no pro, any pro you ever talk to pre-fishing in any elite series, MLF, you name it. Everyone always says like, Oh man, I, I saw those fish on live scope. I caught one and I just, I just got out of there. I hightailed out of there as fast as I could. So I wouldn't be seen. No one wants to be seen. You know what I mean? Like you really don't. Yeah. And just because you're seen doesn't mean you're on fish. People think that about me all the time. Like, oh, I saw you here. Well, I, I, it's not like I'm on fish everywhere I go. So how do you know? But anyway, I was trying to mess with his head a little bit, put that note on there. And then uh, later that day, doing a little driving around. That's all I did was just drive around all the rivers right. and creeks and accesses, just kind of looked at them. And I saw Russ, you know, I saw his. So anyway, we eventually had to kind of like fess up to each other. Hey, look, I think we're on the same thing. And if we don't talk about it now, we don't want to show up on tournament day at the exact same spot. You know what I mean? So we kind of all had a little bit of a, you know, it's just a game plan to put together. Like, it's funny because we all found it on our own, but we had to talk about it. The same thing any, you know, bass boat pro would have to do. How are we going to manage this? You know, are you cool with letting me go here on day one? And then you go here and kind of switching it up and stuff like that. So that's what we did. And uh, in hindsight, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been quick, been so quick and easy to say, yeah, sure, Russ, you go there on day one, go smash 97 inches. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what he did. Damn. But uh, so happy for him because he put in a lot of the hard work and, and Cody and uh, Eric Jackson as well. Obviously, River Rat himself and uh, getting second. And Robert Weicker, you know, also in a crescent. Sholey, it's pretty cool to see him. What's cool about Robert, he, he fishes like you, Bailey. He wants to be so badly offshore because he knows the mega schools, the, the size of the fish, the size of the bait. He knows what right. lives out there and he knows how to use those tools that you do to find it. But just like you, I'm telling you, this is so similar. Just like you, you're smart enough to know when it's not happening. It's not happening. You've got to leave on <laughs> like you follow, right? You, you yeah. know, you wish you could have found a, you know, a nice juicy, some brush piles and rock piles or whatever out right. deep offshore that no one could find and eight, 10 foot of water, whatever but you had to move shallow to get it done. That's the difference. You got some people who, who just kind of are good at one thing and they can't zig and zag when it, when it, the conditions dictate it. You know what I mean? Whether it's the lake, like we're talking about earlier, like a Cayuga or St. Clair, where you're just not going to win up in the uh, rivers and creeks. I mean, other than the actual Detroit river, maybe, but you know what I'm saying? The smaller stuff, uh, or you go to lakes that have so many, good size free flowing rivers and creeks that we can get in with our kayaks and you got to know when to go where and that's the diversity and what i love about our sport it's all in play at any time anyone can choose to do it sometimes it might just take a little 500 700 thousand dollar kayak and a paddle and other times it might take your five thousand dollar setup with a motor and another five grand in electronics to get the job done but Either way, it's pretty cool that the kayak can do it all, and that's right. it's pretty fun. It was kind of interesting because, I mean, I think everybody knew for the most part that it was going to be a pretty tough bite. So, I mean, did you was it crowded back there in those creeks? Like, was there a lot of that's, people, or did you surprise at how many were main lake? Yeah, it's it certainly can. That's the thing about the actual smaller creeks and rivers. That's it's always the the hardest thing is. If it's crowded, no one's going to win. It's a good thing we we saw each other before the tournament to manage it. But either way, uh, the beauty of what kayak bass fishing did this year is they opened up the boundaries uh, where they were really gigantic. So you have all the way from Pickwick Dam, you know, where Kentucky Lake technically starts, all the way to, I mean, 
basically, you know, up above, well, it's in Kentucky, you know, the actual like, Barkley and, and Kentucky. I mean, it's either way up in North Tennessee or Kentucky, but either way, you got a huge swath of, of water and a lot of creeks and rivers flowing into it. So you didn't right. see a lot of crowds in the, in the creeks because there were so many, and you got the duck river and the Buffalo river and the red river. You got actual like good mega big rivers too flowing into it with so many miles. So you just kind of had to figure it out, but it wasn't that crazy crowded to be honest with you uh, back there. I know some places probably were, but I didn't, I didn't notice that, but yeah, gotcha. it was cool, man. It was a fun one for sure. And uh, you know, I didn't, the, the thing that I was most proud about, for this tournament was I actually never made a cast from a kayak the entire pre-fishing. I just drove around for two days, spent another day. <laughs> we'll talk about later down, down on Pickwick doing a little, doing a little something I had to do to, to kind of help, you know, proved and show off to the uh, appeals committee, some other some, some facts I could bring to the table to kind of help show that I was in legal water. But anyway, we'll get into that. So no one knew, you know, it was kind of had to do that and took a day of my pre-fishing. So I only had two days. And I just drove around. So I was mostly proud because I know Russ and Cody took two weeks of, of um, pre-fishing. Just, they, you know, this is the big one. If, if you're ever going to take a week and a half or two weeks, that's the one to do it on. There's so much money uh, handed out at that There's event. so much water there, too. I mean. So much water, yeah. Like, so, huge. Yep. So, so I mean, I'm, I just was so lucky and so blessed just to come out of there with a fifth place with only – not even pre-fishing, just two days of driving around and looking yeah. at bridges and, and then going, I went to a new water each day. Just, I wanted to explore a new, uh, a new Creek and new section each day. And, yeah. and that's what I did. So Heck yeah, yeah man, dude. that was pretty, pretty cool for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to make one quick comment on the KBF national championship quick, before we start diving into what we want to talk about with the Bassmaster event that right. you started to allude to, obviously, you know, it's the title. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, but I, I saw some chatter of people that were like going in. I think they're going in, trying to go in on Russ about just how much time he spent there practicing. Right. It's like, look, if it ain't against the rules and you're allowed to spend that time, you cannot knock exactly. somebody no. for spending that time. But if you're capable of doing it, like, you know, you yep. mentioned you only had a couple of days and Russ had a lot more time to do that. I mean, if you have the time to do it, why would you not do it? You know what I mean? I mean, right. I'm sure there's some people that operate better on a couple you know a couple days or one day or whichever but if you're somebody that likes to cross off water and be as prepared as you can especially when there's big money on the line why would you not take that time if you could afford to do it between work and whichever and you don't you know there's no family outlying pressures that you have to be home for yeah why would you not take that time i don't blame them at all i mean russ is one of the best anglers i think in the kayak game itself if not you know in the country at this point. I mean, I think he's earned, I think he's earned that. Right. So if you got somebody like him that has the time and it's legal and you can go and like cross off a bunch of dead water, why would you not? I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know why you wouldn't either. I mean, if you, you know, he works for himself, he worked, he worked hard. He got a schedule clear. We could do it. Anybody else could have done the same thing. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't knock him. If, If next year they change the rule and, you know, Bassmaster or whatever decides you can only have four graphs on your boat and somebody won a tournament this year with five, you're not going to go back and, and look at that guy and say, well, let's put an asterisk by that because he had five. You know what I mean? He had five screens. That You're not going to do that. I mean, he did yeah. everything within the rules. So as long as you're doing right. things within the rules, it doesn't matter if they get changed afterwards for whatever re- reason, but you're you're operating within the rules, and that's what 
you're supposed to do. I'll give you an example, Bailey. I don't know if I've ever said this in this podcast. I doubt it. But, you know, you're a football fan. You probably have seen yeah. some a trick play or two in, in, your, in your day when you watched your college team or your pro team. Yeah. And whenever a college f- football team has a really good trick play um, and it works, what do we all say to the TV or to whoever we talk about banter on online? You always say, that's why we pay, you know, Saban the big bucks or Kirby smart or Dabo or, or whoever Lincoln Riley, you just named your favorite college football team and the coach. You say, that's why he gets paid three, $4 million a year. Cause he understands right. those rules better than anybody else. And he devised that trick play and it confused the defense because Bill Belichick one time, I mean, I know you, Probably don't don't love him being a Buffalo guy there, but I, I love the guy. All right, so he you respect him if nothing else, right? I respect, so yeah, I respect you respect him. the heck out of him. Okay, remember that one time he put a, three offensive linemen on the uh, I don't know if you I think it was against Harbaugh and the I want to say it was the yeah the, the Ravens or somebody I can't remember if it was which which Harbaugh, but he put three offensive linemen on the line, which mm-hmm. is not a legal formation uh, unless because the the running back out wide that was also on the line to fulfill that requirement had to declare himself ineligible. Cause that would be mm-hmm. six people out wide instead of, I think five is a limit or whatever. Well, by the time he tells the ref I'm ineligible, I'm declaring reporting as ineligible. The ref gets on the bike to the stadium and the other team number 57 is declared ineligible. Then it's back to the play and they snap it. And the defense didn't have time to figure out, well, we've never seen six wide receivers. What what defense do we play? How, what personnel, what do we do? They're so confused in the head that in the play worked. I don't know. I didn't like score a touchdown. I, I don't remember. But afterwards, you know, everyone's just like, dude, what a genius. Like, he operated within the rules. There was no flag thrown. It was a legal formation because that mm-hmm. player declared. And everyone praises Belichick and praises their college football coaches when that happens. But for some reason, in bass fishing, I don't know why, Bailey, when you're operating within the rules, people mm-hmm. want to – and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. It's totally within the rules, meaning anybody else could do it. People want to uh, just – I don't know. They just want to kind of, well, that's, that can't knock be, it. A, like, knock it. That That's not a genius move. It's the opposite. It's like they complain. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, I don't, it's like you're saying, I don't get it, but I think it's, it should be praised when someone does something unique and creative that's within the rules, you know? Well, it's unorthodox. I mean, that's what, yeah. I mean, people love to see, you know, what John Cox are doing like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like they always, Oh, I bet you, you know, the people like it's become a thing now that people say it like, I mean, I, you could almost yeah. say it for you. I've, I've said it a couple yeah. times about you. Like, I drew Gregory that creep, like that yeah. kind of thing. And people say it now yeah. with, like, John Cox or Poche. I mean, it's Poche, like, yeah. I mean, that creep, yeah, I can't get there, but I bet you John Cox would get up that thing, like, that sort, right. sort of with thing. And people, like, there's a type of, I don't know, I can't find a better word beyond, like, coolness to that aspect. Yeah. But, like, if you're within the confines of the rule, I mean, there's some people that have arguments on trying to st- – I'm shaking my computer here of like stretching the confines of the rule. But as long as you're staying within that boundary, but you're just doing something different. I mean, there's no qualms with that. I mean, you're just, right. you're thinking differently than everyone else. And that is a mental advantage to have. And that's how you could be successful, which is exactly Absolutely. what you do. So, I mean, let's just dive full bore into this kind of, yeah. kind of lay this out for us. Yeah. Well, sure, man. I mean, all the best, you know, before we get into that, I'll just, t- the last thing I want to say is all, a lot of the best anglers out there have been, Either rules have been made because of them. You're rolling Martins with ladders or a jet boat with somebody ought to foe with a tunnel hole. A lot yeah. of your best – Jacob Wheeler's been you know, accused many times of, of maybe this or maybe that. But, but you know, we have him on live. We see what Jacob Wheeler could do. Trust me, he doesn't – he's not cheating. 
you know, he's not cheating to win. We see it every time. He's just smart and he's good. And they push, they push, you know, their limits. They don't push. I wouldn't that say they push the rules limits because the rules are the rules. Either you were within the rules or you weren't, but he right. pushes, you know, Jason Christie pushed his limits and his fuel tanks limits and his Yamaha and, you know, the, the express up Sabine river, 60 miles. And, and he had that, you know, he connected it, the connectivity with his Garmin. So you could see exactly how many miles he had left his skill, his talent to drive that boat way up there where other people could not without, you know, dropping a lower unit and his ability is what, you know, and, and his watercraft was able to get him somewhere that nobody else was all within the confines of the rules. So all the best anglers are always pushing mm -hmm. the limits and that's what's, that's what makes them great. But for some reason it also creates, you know, a little bit of a, I don't know, to some people, I think, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like a little bit of doubt or a little bit of, he can't be that good. You know what I mean? There's no way like, you know, so anyway, those guys are incredible. I love what they do. And that's creates the best stories in our sport. You know what I mean? The best stories are right. the Jason Christie's running up there. John Cox getting below the Rodman Reservoir Dam on the Aqualaha where he had no service, but it was not easy to get where he was dropping a 30 pound bag when he needed it, you know, um, or, or somebody running down the Sabine all the way to Galveston or whatever you name it, Winya Bay, go all the way across to, up the Cooper river, go in the salt and go up in Charleston, up the Cooper river. These are mm -hmm. the cool stories that create drama, you know, with, with the advancement of technology, especially on the bass boat side uh, with live scope and whatnot. And, and I know you love it. I, I love it. I'm all for it. I've got nothing against that stuff. I hope we keep advancing it. No problem. But right. we need to continue to be able to push the boat people in the creeks for you. Yeah, sure, man. Or less people in the banks. <laughs> That's right push it needs to always be pushing both directions because the diversity right. if if the future of our sport is as live streaming which it is and and like we have now right watching the sport live mm -hmm. it's you already Ooh, hear I it now it. People, what's that the i beep? heard the i heard i heard the beep sorry the beep, i didn't yeah. mean to catch you, you messed there you up. Go. See? <laughs> every once in a while you're gonna hear it the future of the sport is we you know if it's just sitting in open water looking at somebody looking down at their, their screen with a drop shot doing this all day long Dude, yeah, I'm, you know, I think it's cool, but it's not the most visually entertaining. I enjoy it because I like bass fishing. I can still watch that. But the reason why football is so successful and other sports, mainstream sports, is because it's complex. It's complex enough where those who really want to dig into the details of like football, oh my goodness, it, you can go for days and days and days. It's endless the things you can do. But at the very core, it's simple. You can have a tailgate party and have a bunch of guys and girls and everybody over, and everyone understands get that ball right. across that goal line and that's a touchdown. Everyone mm -hmm. gets it. So it's simple enough for them, but it's complex enough to, to engage the, the minds that really want to dive deep into it. And I think that our sport, you know, TV is obviously, obviously a big part of what makes any sport big. It's got to be watchable. Right? right. So if we can get that, if we can continue to move in both directions where we have plenty of uh, opportunities shallow and, and cool visual stuff like a lacrosse wisconsin tournament you see all that shallow yeah. visual stuff which is exciting and not eliminate the other stuff which is obviously necessary to catch fish these days man we're gonna have the best of both worlds and that's what kayak fishing does mm -hmm. so let's let's dive into that uh you know to what i did on pickwick which was obviously yeah. going real shallow and so right. i'll explain what happened so uh so the lake pickwick the final bassmaster kayak series tournament here you go um I'm kind of in the lead for AOI. I'm not technically in the lead because I don't have four events and you count your best four of the five. I only fished four. So I only had three at that point. This was the last one. So this would be right. my fourth. And I won two and I had a seventh, right? At Harris Chain, I won Lewis Smith and uh, uh, what else I went? Um, 
Grand Grand Lake. Okay, so forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. So uh, anyway, I kind of in, in in the like I control my own destiny a little bit because the other guys, you know, there's some really good sticks. You know, you got Justin Large and Mark Edwards, Garrett Morgan. Trying to think, uh, Eric Siddiqui still in the hunt too. You got about four or five of us at a real chance at this, and so. When I get into Pickwick, I'm thinking, okay, I just need a good, I just need a solid limit two days and I probably can pull it off because right. that, I think like Justin Largen was in the lead and he had to, I had to beat him by like eight or nine places or something. And so if he wins, I'd have to, you know what I mean? That's obviously it's not easy to win to begin with. And then, you know, so let's think about it. If I'm like 10th, he'd, I'd have to, or if he was 10th, I'd have to, I could still be like 18th and 17th or 18th to win. I had a little bit of a cushion. Right. So I looked for fish that were, you know, it was going to help me just get a limit, you know, fill, fill a limit two days, a solid limit. And I know that the Alabama bass don't get overall as big as a large mouth or even a small mouth per se. I mean, they'll get 20, maybe 21 inches, but they do get longer. If you compare like a two pound small mouth or large mouth to a two pound Alabama spotted bass. Yeah. They're longer by a little bit. They're always going to be a little bit longer because they're like a thin long fish. Mm -hmm. We go by length. So, my strategy was to hit an area where I could find some of those. And I'm not going to get into all the details about kind of how I figured that out, but I, but I kind of knew some areas where I thought they would be and I found them. So it's not the normal fish from Pickwick, right? You don't normally see, you know, Alabama spot. It's a small mouth and large mouth deal normally. So when I found them in this Creek, uh, I then had to go and figure out if that Creek was accessible all the way to the main Lake. So first day of practice, I found them. And then the second, and they were up a creek pretty far uh, where the, you know, I'd say from where bass boats could get, maybe they're anywhere. I mean, they're anywhere from where bass boats can, can get all, I mean, they're where the bass boats can get down, obviously, but then they're also from there up about as far as like 12 miles up to there. So, and I had found them way up there. So I said, well, now I got to figure out on the next day of pre-fishing, which was Thursday, they only allow Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which I do like the the off limits period that Bassmaster has. And I hope that there's a little bit lengthier off limits, maybe just a week, two weeks at, at most. Uh, and I wish some other series would do that. But like you said, if, if whatever they do or don't do, you work within the rules. And if you want to do like Russ and do that, then have at it. But anyway, Thursday was the second day. And I got one of the guys that was staying with me to uh, pick me up at the end of the day. And I was going to float from where I found the fish you know, I found them and, and make sure the whole path was clear, you know, all the way down to the lake, all yeah. the way to the point where I know there's no more obstructions, hundred percent clear boat traffic is there, trot lines, all the, you know, all the stuff you see. So, and it's just too wide to even be impassable uh, by a log or a tree fallen tree. So I did the whole thing and I cleared the whole section and, you know, there was definitely some obstacles that were, I mean, they, for me, they really weren't that challenging, you know, honestly, but there were some obstacles that, that from somebody who doesn't fish the way I do and look at things the way I do, and they don't have the kayak setup that I do. I can see how, when you would look at these things, you would think well, you can't get through this. This is, this is not connected to the main body of water anymore. It's not accessible. So therefore, you know, it's a good, probably was a good idea to put in a protest to make sure I was in legal water. So that's essentially right. what happened. But so, Friday, I take take it easy. I just relax. I just tie on, you know, stuff. Just rig up back at the Airbnb, 
And then uh, Saturday, I've, I, you know, I, I saw some fish, by the way, in my pre-fishing. I did catch like a 17, 18, and um, I saw a school, like five of them in the water. It was so clear and low that were between 16 and 18 inches. And I was like, that's like, that's like AOI fish right there to me. I'm like, I don't care if it's not going to, if not going to win the tournament. I really am going into this just hedging. Like I just want to win the AOI. I don't care about yeah. winning the tournament. That's all I was thinking about because I knew that Guillermo the year before uh, in the Hobie, which was a little bit different time frame, like a month off uh, before us, I believe. But he had like ninety mid nineties two days in a row. Yeah, big old. So bags. I'm thinking I need that to win. I'm thinking, well, these these Alabama spotted bass aren't gonna make that happen, but they could potentially get a nice top ten finish, get a check, and clinch the AY. So. That's what I did. I went there on Saturday and I mean, right off the, like three minutes into the tournament, boom, like I'm throwing a chopo. Just, I can't even see anything, dude. It's so dark. I can't see. All of a sudden I just hear and it just destroys the chopo. It's like 18. I'm like, all right, all right. Now we're on to something already an 18 on the board. And I can just, tell you're yeah. reliving this moment because you have that. I just caught a big bass smirk on your face. Yeah. That was exciting. I can tell and you're I'm reliving like, this. <laughs> And I'm and I'm filming it all, so I'm also reliving it in my head from the video I've seen. It's just it's just pitch dark, and all you hear, you know, the, there's not enough light for the GoPro to even take in a, a shot. All you just hear is that noise, and then just <laughs> and awesome. uh, I land it. It was exciting, and then I catch another like 18ish fish, and I'm like, man, this this place has got some pretty good ones, you know. Again, I'm on I'm on track. You know, I'm on the AY track, which is all I'm going for. And then uh, then out of the blue, man, and it's a really cool video, and and I'm gonna eventually share all this stuff. You know, it's gonna be winter here very soon in Northeast Ohio, and as you know, it's coming coming. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come on us quick. Something to do and uh, get a lot more footage out there from the year. But I see this weight coming out of this. Uh, you know, in the fall when you get leaves and all this junk. You know, the the a lot of cypress trees. Surprisingly, in that part of uh, you know, it's so far north in Alabama, but. A lot of cypress, and they got those little. Um, they start to turn, you know, orange, and they got those little teeny needles and stuff. Whatever they pine? fall in the, in the water. Yeah, it's like a pine, but it, but you know, it's a cypress technically, which is I guess it's a pine, right? Gotcha. The cypress okay. technically pine. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm no biologist. <laughs> I'm not either, but I know it's just all those little needles. Everything kind of stacks up on the water, and if you got a, a stick yeah. in the water or log, everything kind of collects, right? So sometimes you get these little trash mats that are not trash, but you know, natural trash, if you yeah. will, yeah. leaves and stuff. And it's in about 10 inches of water and I throw it over there, the chopo again. And I just see this weight come darting out and it just crushes it. And uh, I was hooked with like one hook it has it did a nice big jump. It scared me half to death. It was going to come off. And I'm talking to the GoPro. I'm like, man, that might be a 19 and it might be 19. And it swoops down by, beside the kayak. And I was like, Oh my Lord, that is a 20. You know, that's a 20. I've got a 20 inch, you know, Alabama bass on here. So I got it in and, uh, it was kind of ugly, but I just kind of lifted it in. It got caught a little bit in my uh, Avco gloves, the trebles. It was just ugly. Just got it in the boat. I don't. I don't like to. I don't. I don't take nets, especially in little tight quarters like this. I just don't worry about it. But and I've just caught them with my hands. Not even like a little trout net or something like that. I I, I use stuff. I've tried messing around with stuff like that, but I don't know. I mean, I I use them sometimes, but in this situation, I wanted to go as bare bones as lightweight as possible, and. Uh, Anyway, other than this one treble hook bait, everything else was single hook stuff. So like a mini max chatter bait and spinner bait, stuff like that, that I knew um, the goat toads from Z-Man that with the double big double hook, I'm using that Berkeley fusion hook mm -hmm. that uh, you turned me on to that frog double hook. Mm -hmm. So with that goat toads and it works great. So I know they're coming to the boat, you know, pretty much. So 
this this was the only situation where net uh, you know might should have had a net for that but anyway i got in the boat it was 20 and a half i think i submitted it and it you know i got 20 and a quarter is what it finally like kind of submitted as but um it was 20 and a half i had another, another photo i could have submitted in but anyway i'm gonna call it a 20 and a half it was because it's like a basically a close to a pb if i probably is a pb for that species but anyway, then I, I'm like, dude, I got two 18s, a 20 and a half. And later in the day, I caught, you know, a couple other that were in that 18 inch range. So I've got like 94 and a half for day one. Awesome day. I'm in the lead by a lot. I think Guillermo was in second. And he had 80, 87, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like yeah. that. He was in that high 80s. So he's down there pretty good ways away. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Day two, you know, and unfortunately, and these guys are hammers, the best, best of the best. Those guys I just mentioned. Uh, none of the guys in the AOI race really had a good day one, like none of them. So it's sort of like, I just need to go out and catch a limit. Doesn't even matter what size limit on day two. And I pretty much can wrap up the AOI. So I go and do it. Uh, I decided to go to the same. I had another uh, Creek. I could go and fish as well that I'd found fish in that, uh, that was a little bit cleaner and clearer, you know, to the, to the main Lake. It wasn't quite as, you know, challenging, whatever, but I decided I intentionally wanted to go back to that place because I like the fact that I thought I was right. I thought no one else would probably be there because, you know, I've got a little teeny boat, the skill set that I, you know, learned over the years and trained and, and acquired, I guess, from the, the training, it allowed me to get, you know, through to the main lake to know it was clear and accessible, you know, in legal water uh, for me, my setup at least. And so I went back there again. I was like, no one else is going to be there. I'm, I'm sure of it. So I, I didn't see anyone on day one. I got the limit. It wasn't as big of a limit, like 80 something inches, low eighties, 81, maybe it wasn't, you know, the, the bite was way different, but it was enough to win the tournament still by, I don't know what it was like seven, six, seven, eight inches. Wow. Pretty good amount by, um, still over, uh, Guillermo. I think Christine was third, but, um, that's kind of the story. And then maybe Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday morning, uh, get a, an email from Chris Bowes saying that, you know, someone's protesting the tournament and they got some some pictures and some video and he showed me the pictures and video and i said hey you know i i, I get around that log there's a a little bit of a sneak around this side around the route and um and explain to him this other shallow water i was like i can get up all that but you know in the in the video um to defend everybody in this situation the the protesters they were certainly i think they made the right call to protest because like i said it looks impassable unless you really know what you're looking for and how to kind of get, uh, you know, under or around or, you know, whatever the obstacles, it, it does look impassable. And I think most of the people obviously don't really fish that way. So they don't really know what to be looking for, or how to, to do it. They don't know how to do it. And I honestly didn't know until I just went and tried and practice and got into a little teeny ultralight uh, or a little uh, crescent shoaly like I'm in. And just said, I wonder what I can, let me just try it. What's the, what's the smallest gap I can get through, like to get under a log? You know what I mean? What's, what, what can I, what's the skinniest, narrowest thing I can get around something, you know? What's the shallowest water I can paddle up and, and kind of you know, paddle and push, pull, just kind of push my way and, and fight, you know, up. Mm-hmm. What is it? I, you don't know until you go do it, right? Right. And so I am defending everybody in this situation. I don't feel like anyone was in the wrong for the protest, um, you know, I'm very aware of who protested don't, and I'm friends with them have no issues at all with the protest. I think it was a good protest because it looks very hard to get past. And right. so I needed to explain how did I do that? I get it. I want the tournament to be on the up and up as much as anybody. I'd never want to win a tournament without 
you know, with breaking a rule, uh, you know, unintentionally, and obviously no one wants to win for sure. If somebody's out there downright cheating, you know what I mean? Of course we want to catch right. those guys, but the, so I, I get why they did it. And then Chris, I get, he and Hank had to talk about it. It wasn't easy. I'm sure. But, but think about it. How can you just take my word too and say, Oh, I can, I can get, you can get through that. But the video and the pictures certainly does not look right. that way. It does not at all. It's like, okay. So they knew, I, I said, look, I, I filmed it. I've got GoPro footage. And so they knew the process and what, what was allowed that there was a 48 hour appeal process. So they disqualified me. I got an official letter of disqualification and then I appealed. I had 48 hours to appeal. So I appealed. And then after the appeal, it goes through, um, there's a committee, uh, Lisa Talmadge headed up the committee. She did an amazing job and she finds three people that are not part of the tournament. So they can't have any sort of, you know, sway one way, uh, any affiliation, right? So they're not biased in any way. So a couple anglers that are not in the tournament and a Bassmaster employee, that's not part of the tournament side of Bassmaster. I mean, it's super, super well done, very professional, and uh, I can't, you know, thank them enough for, you know, putting together something like this to ensure the integrity of our events. So then you got to, you know, you got to kind of lay out what proof you have and show them, well, here's why I feel like I was not in violation of, you know, said rules violation that uh, that's been protested against me. And, and, you know, Chris was very clear. Hey, if you got anything, you can prove it. You said you filmed it, you know, appeal and go through that process and then, you know, we, it can all kind of come out and we'll, because, so, because I think I put it like this on another podcast. I think that what I uh, equate it to is in, in football, when there's a fumble and it's close to being a fumble or not fumble, they let it go and let the defense pick it up and go score. And then they can go review it later and say, you know what? His knee was down. It's not a fumble, not a touchdown. We reviewed the play, right? That's kind of what this process is in a way, you know, Chris knew based on what he saw, and he's not a kayaker. You know, you got to think about it. This is the first time Bassmaster has been in the kayaking side of things. So how can they just take my word for it and say, well, I can get up that. I can get around that. I can get, you know, they can't. Right. They had to do that. So I totally think everyone was in the right here, everybody. And then I was able to bring my my uh, video to the committee uh, from the tournament days. Yeah. And, um, and then the day I went back just to – just regather more, you know, the cool thing for me is that one tree that happened to be the video they show the, the one that looked like the most impassable. I had video of that on that pre-fishing day that the Thursday I went and did the whole section to make sure it was clear and accessible. And, um, for, uh, no Saturday, the day of the tournament had it on both of those. And then I was able to go back and show them, um, some other clips of like the shallow skinny riffles and stuff like that. And how, you know, it, like, when I saw, so one time I was watching Eric, uh, Eric Jackson. I was behind Eric Jackson in a tournament in the Pan American Games. My former employer and boss, Eric Jackson, Jackson Kayak, and he paddled up a Class Three rapid with ever, without getting out of his kayak ever. And I was like, "What did I just see? Like, how in the world did, was that possible?" And portaging was allowed in that event, but he did, he went all the way up it without ever getting out. And I said to myself, "Dude, I've got to get better." I got a lot to learn and I still can get better yeah. at kayaking. And I once Bailey never once did it ever even cross my mind. Dude, we, Oh my goodness. He just did that. We, I need, we need to, we need to outlaw that rule. We got to outlaw it. We got to, we got to change the rules. And that never once crossed my mind. And I think if you're a confident, secure angle, it's like you, I've never heard you once say, 
we've got to cut all those rivers and creeks off all the the kayak fishing water you know the you know the skinny water that only a kayak can get i've never once heard you say we got to eliminate some of this stuff you know what i mean or like back off on on that because you're right. confident in a like i think you could do that if you need to but b i think you're confident in what you do is your strength which there's always winning fish somewhere offshore i don't care if it's five foot offshore or 30 foot somewhere there are winning fish pretty right. much almost all the time and you know that and you're good at it and you can find that so you're confident you don't ever you know just to say well, I, we just need to you know keyboard warrior you're never out there like just pushing your, your agenda to make it where your your style is going to be more likely to win uh, plus mm-hmm. i think you don't you also know that what would happen if 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 you do that and other thing, if things get outlawed, then more people are going to be on your stuff, and you don't want that right. either. You got enough yeah. enough bass boats on your stuff. You go back up there, Drew. You go back up there. Less people on the phone. Like. Exactly, and it, and so yeah. it's not like it works. I've had a good year. I didn't win once last year. You know, I only won once the year before that. You know, I won the AOI with Hobie, but only won one time. It's not like you look at the the top of these tournaments, and and there are some like the KBF national championship, which was for different reasons with the Asian carp and Kentucky Lake, just being so down that you had to kind of be up in a, a river or Creek. But th- in my opinion, like the a rig, when they outlawed it, right, Bailey, do you remember how they were afraid that this is all you need to throw in every tournament, every tournament is going to look the same yeah. in our sport. The, all the cool things about the sports we love punching and drop shotting and cranking and chatterbait and like jigs, everything, all the, you know, weightless, it's all going to change. We're never going to have all this diversity, which would hurt the you know whole sport, the economy of the sport. Would just it'd be boring to watch the exact same thing over and over and over. That's what they were afraid of. Now, the fish have learned, and it's not that simple, and that doesn't do that. We know now, but they were afraid of that. And until one style in kayak fishing dominates in a way that that is like that, I don't see you know where we have an issue with our sport. Like some people want to just knee jerk react. You know what I mean? And that's to me is the the, the worst thing because kayak fishing, you know, it is it, to take the kayak fishing waters out of kayak fishing is that is the craziest thing I've ever I've ever heard. You know what I mean? That's like that's my mind is like blown when I ever heard hear people saying that. Like, wait, so you want to just go to where just the the bass boats and you all want to launch from like just a few launches? So we're all we we're all on top. It's like to me, the whole point is having fun and having fun is catching more and bigger fish. And that's that's every decision in a tournament trail should basically be based around. How can we help these guys have more fun, catch more fish? Because if they have more fun, they catch more fish, they'll come back and fish more. We'll have more people. The tourism departments are going to be thrilled because this, the results are going to be big fish, lots of fish, and everyone's going to want to come to our lake. The sponsors are going to be thrilled because all the views and everything was so right. great. The tournament trail is going to love it because they want to see everybody having fun and catching fish. So they come back and fish more. And pinning people down to like just a few, you know, launches or whatever i haven't been on social media to see all of it but i think that's what people have been saying we need this and we need that and i don't know how it stems from a tournament from something that happened with me that had nothing to do with me launching i was completely legal where i launched but somehow i think it it stems from this whole incident that everyone just wants to knee-jerk react and find reasons why why maybe you know i don't know man but you're like there's a lot of people out there that you don't hear that from and they're they're confident in their abilities and what they're doing they're not just looking to well, how can we, you know, can, how can we tweak these tournaments more into our favor somehow? And to me, I just want the most people enjoying the sport as possible. And if somebody wants to get a $500 kayak and a paddle and, and that's it and go out there, then I want them to be a customer of our sport, a potential person that can enter our sports, not because if you yeah. limit it to, to only these designated few launches, then 
you have to have a pedal drive at that point or motor. Yeah, and, motor. I think, you have to. and I, I don't want to say this is the case because I think the majority it's not, but there are definitely, I feel like a select few. Uh, and this is not even just kayak fishing. I mean, this can go for the boat side of things, could go for sport leagues. It could, this could be used universally, but there are a few folks out of the majority there's a majority of folks that, like yourself, say, I just saw that happen. I need to get better. I need to improve. Where there's the select few that see that and they think, man, they have an advantage over me. Well, it, whether it's an equipment or right. with equipment they don't think they can afford or it's a skill set like you have. And it's like then they kind of use that as a means of saying, well, I'm at a disadvantage. So we need to make this more, you know, more of a fair level playing field. So those are the people that will go and gripe for either yeah. a different league or something being banned. And yeah. I, I just think that that is not a culture that you need to have in order to get the best of the best. And we want to, we heard a lot of conversation lately of, you know, I've been reading a bunch of people want there to be a quote unquote elite, you know, a, a pro uh, tour level of kayak fishing and that kind of mindset mm-hmm. and that call that, Force culture is not the way it's going to happen in the kayak realm, which, but I will say is interesting because this sparks a need. And I think this has been good. Like you've mentioned, a lot of people have mentioned this, that this sparks a lot of good in terms of trying to reform the rules to be more or less gray area moving right. forward. That these things that are, that there isn't a question that people don't have to, I mean, like you mentioned, protesting is good in terms of this is how we get better as an organization and how anglers learn but when there's gray area obviously that doesn't help anybody right but. no you don't want gray area for sure and that and they do need to clean up some of the wording and the rules and, and fix some stuff and honestly you know well, this is the part i'm struggling with is like when you when it's i i get torn on so many levels i've been thinking about this a lot like since it's happened and it's you know the the rule was obviously you know ac- accessible from main lake that was like the thing that they were trying to get you on but the one thing that I've seen is like impassable. I don't like that term with kayak because you've proven that to many, many right. it might be impassable, but to a select few, it might not be. And it's not fair, I think, to you guys with that skill set. I mean, that's what we just talked about. That's cutting back, yeah. that's taking the kayak out of this game. It's, yeah, it's what no different than Jason Christie. Right. What do it's we determine different. as impassable? You yeah. Know? Exactly. And, but then it's. Well, well, the easiest way to do it is if would we even would there be a protest? Would we even be talking if the rule was was a it's safer to get out of your kayak and portage around or over something that's a natural like a, a log? You know what I mean? A natural obstacle, not a man-made dam which separates the watersheds, the ecosystems. We all know you're not going to portage over to a farm pond, but KBF we'd ever have that this issue because my thing is this: I want I don't want to keep like these fish to myself. I knew that I knew I had those fish pretty much to myself because of the way the rules written, I pretty much knew that. And I was mm-hmm. uh, strategically fished that section for that reason. That was all part of my whole logic, but I'm not trying to keep those fish for myself. I'm trying to, I, I would wish, and I hope that those fish could be accessible to everybody in the tournament. And no matter how big your kayak is, you can portage. They're not like so big, you can't just portage over one or two logs. You know what I mean? Or you could just, spend with the whole ironic thing that you just said is that like in our it's like the opposite of bass boat world bass boat world everyone's saying like you're pricing me out of this man i can't afford all those electronics to like stay competitive but the funny thing is it's the people that have 
the most of the people that have the motors and the more expensive boats and all the electronics that are that are kind of like man that shouldn't be allowed way over there like but it's like you like but wait a second you can afford fifteen thousand dollars of stuff over here but all you need to go get to be able to, to fish that style too whenever the the lake and the season dictates it's just 700 bucks thousand dollars just an extra thousand dollars get a second kayak to fish the times when you know it it dictate the situation dictates it and then you're good everyone can get there but i wish that they would just open it up where you where everyone could get there and just portage over that that natural stuff because it's just it's just it's fluky it's clunky the night before a tree can fall you could go down and literally a tree could fall the night before and it's dangerous dude i've portage underneath stuff underneath logs and stuff and riffles and and current especially in the spring when there's volume of water people that don't know what they're doing should not be trying to go underneath logs and, and stuff in heavy current you know what i'm saying it's like they flip over their strainers it's dangerous so much easier to which it's perfectly legal to get out on a rocky sandbar or whatever and just or go right around that log it's so much easier it's so much safer and there's nothing illegal about it you know in terms of this is the way we fish out of kayaks on every given weekend it's the way it happens i just wish more people get get to those fish because clearly there are fish there okay and there's only one way this sport can grow and, and expand man you know in golf or in any other sport soccer if the sport blows up you just build more golf courses you got plenty more land you know we, we don't have a shortage of land but we have a shortage of fishing playing fields this is it they're not building anymore this is it guys and they're getting worse they're not getting better most of them because of the eutrophic upsurge is gone the first 10 15 20 years of these places when they're the most fertile it's gone you're never getting that back you're only going to get it back with grass and other things that naturally give you know the, the bait fish more more life you know more nutrients but the problem is water skiers and jet skiers and whatever pleasure boaters don't want grass so we spray the grass okay so what do we do certain lakes we say okay we'll fill it with artificial an ocean make put herring in there whatever to give it as new food source which can keep it going because all the, the nutrients are gone from the original trophic upsurge so we try to just we're just chasing our tail constantly in fishing and the only way we can expand and the only where place we have to go is kayak fishing is this is literally the key to unlock all that all mm -hmm. that commerce all of it all those playing fields that the bass boat world can't get to because you got to launch from one place you got to have a 25 30 40,000 acre lake you can do radius events with kayak fishing where Tallahassee, Florida, you can go and there's three lakes that are three to 5,000 acres and lots of rivers. And you can make this boom guys. There's your, there's your lake, your playing field, for example, not one lake, but there's your, just, there's your group figured out. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a puzzle. Go figure it out and solve it. And it's like the most beautiful thing about our sport. And it just scares me to death that there are people out there that don't see that's, that's, that's our special sauce and they're trying to like pull our special sauce back and make it. We're just fishing the same waters that bass boats are fishing and the bass boats are going to hate us even more for that. And at that point, I, like, why are we just not in bass boats? It's clearly the better tool for the main lake. It's silly to anyone to argue that it's not the better tool. It's yeah. much better than a kayak for the main lake. So to me, it just, I just want to like, I, I can't even get online and even attempt to even convey any of this stuff to people because it's, that feel otherwise because they're never gonna you know you're never gonna convince them but it's it is kayak fishing you know like i'm but anyway back to to wrap up all that um i do want to say that until we have an it's one you know in any anything bass fishing and bass boats or kayak fishing until something like the a rig until something is winning at an overwhelming rate like like right now i feel like and you could tell me if i'm wrong but you follow the sport i feel like if you go back and again people don't 
people aren't aren't bringing up this topic in January, February, March, April. Lake Erie, Sinclair, Cayuga, whatever, like reservoirs that fork that don't have any real creeks and rivers flowing, right? You don't mm-hmm. hear anybody saying anything about this then. Why not? Because it doesn't play then. It's not like this is winning all the time. It's a 33%. I think 33% of the time you can say that a tournament was won in a true river or creek from the lake, which is fine. Sometimes it happens in the bass boat world, like Sabine River, like we're saying, or Apakusa River, a true river, you know, up the, from the main lake. Happens even in bass boat stuff. And then 33% of the time, it's one on the main lake bank. I would say mostly during the spawn, around the spawn time of the year, which is a lot of tournaments. And then I would say 33% of the time, it's one offshore somewhere. And I could be off in those percentages a little bit, but I definitely don't think something's winning. It's some one of those three I just mentioned is not winning it. Some 75, 80, 90% clip where well, we got to figure out a way to to change this but here's how you can change it you go and do that if there's something that starts winning at an overwhelming clip every all the anglers you should be smart enough to figure that out so you go and do that thing and when everyone's doing that same thing then the other things get less pressure and it's and it it ebbs and flows you know like it's gonna have more pressure like you can't win in a creek that's why russ and cody and i had to communicate we would not have done as well russ would not have won if cody russ and i all showed up the same day on that same little creek he's not winning so that that's that's my issue is that until we we want to knee jerk react because it's the internet these days and everyone just gets on there and just types and has more time doing that and and then I don't think the trail should should knee jerk react to any of that because we can't lose our special sauce or else we're going to lose the overall future potential of the sport the overall height our ceiling which is honestly much higher than even bass boats so people people don't even realize that I don't think yet it's nothing against bass boats but bass boats are expensive you know what i mean kayaks are not so that's why we sell 500 to 750,000 a year that are fishing kayaks and they only sell 9,000 bass boats a year brand new fiberglass so dude the ceiling's so much higher i just don't want to see us losing you know lose the kayak out of kayak fishing that'd be sad yeah because i mean like you mentioned i think the biggest opportunity for kayak is getting away from all the big lakes that we i mean i shouldn't say we but you see a lot of folks that pay attention to the elites and MLF that they go to every year. And the complaint is why aren't you going to new lakes? And is people fed up because it's the mm-hmm. same thing over and over again, where like you said, this is the opportunity for kayak to get some notoriety and to go to these new places, new locations that probably wouldn't be willing to pay to go to. But the thing is they just don't know it exists. So we don't know if they, if they don't, if they don't have any knowledge about that, and man, this is just a it's a tough tough issue because you really shouldn't we shouldn't be shutting down what anglers can do. I, mean, I think in a perfect world, and I know a perfect world is basically it's another way of saying it's impossible. Right? Is, is strapping a GoPro on everybody's uh, kayak like like they do in the elites or MLF? I would think MLF mm-hmm. does it too. Yeah, everyone yeah, has yeah. to have a camera running. Mm-hmm. Well, it defeats the purpose of sports, man. That's what we love about sports. Yeah. It, it literally lets the human body and mind just go to to limits we've never seen before. We, mm-hmm. You know, like the first time someone did a, a 360 on a snowboard, it was like the biggest thing ever. Like, oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden it goes to whatever, you know, 540 and 720 and now 9, whatever it is, 960 or 900. I don't know. Whatever it all goes to, you know, it keeps going. Can you imagine if at some point they said to Sean White, hey, man, you're going to have to stop doing three spins because the rest of the field can't do three spins and you're winning everything. 
and we need just we're gonna have to cut three three out dude sorry about that man that mm-hmm. limits that's the whole that defeats all of what sports is about man pushing human body physical mentally and the limits of what's possible and i'll never forget the cool stories and it's not really sports but it kind of is like there's a guy who was 80 something years old and he paddled across the atlantic ocean in a kayak it was like a big like a boat and he had a place to sleep and he went in a kayak and paddled across the entire atlantic u.s over to i guess england and i'm like dude that is that is unfreaking believable man like that's uh-huh. unreal that he can do that he pushes his body in the limits of what we feel is humanly possible these are the stories we love the most about sports that's why we we're so excited about it. you look at sports centers instagram and constantly you're seeing these incredible stories of sports and someone who pushed themselves and did something they never thought could be possible and we're taking that potentially away that'd be taking away if you ever cap things like that what you physically could do again this this is a sport we're trying to call it a sport right we want it to be a a sport you know especially since in kayak fishing you do use use your legs and muscles you know arms shoulders back a little bit more than you know the bass fishing you know we call it a sport as well and there's a lot of coordination involved but kayak fishing for certain you know it's an athletic venture so to take any of that element out of it it just it goes against everything that sports it just defeats what sports is all about in my opinion so it's it's kind of sad to hear people talking like that but um i don't know man you know what would be actually interesting you know bringing up that i was thinking about that the camera thing i know like it's impossible but if you forced everybody to have a gopro running all day mm-hmm. every day for tournaments it would one, I think, cut down the amount of people trying to cheat. But two, imagine how much content if if, if they had it in the fine print or not say fine print because that sounds sketchy. But in the basically the thing you sign for tournaments, like yeah. if they had it that like say Bassmaster owned the rights to all the content shot on those GoPros, you know how much content they would have to therefore push on their channels. Mm-hmm. I think they have. I think Bassmaster has something like that. That you there are content from a rights. content standpoint. Yeah, from yeah, a content I mean, standpoint, they do. But anyway, yeah. it's uh, no, it'd be incredible. Uh, and, and I and I hope live stream is the future of the sport for sure. When signal dictates and we can, and I wish I obviously I, I wish, you know, it was live on me <laughs> that day. Uh, could have solved a lot of uh, problems and questions. But, um, you know, to get back to kind of put a bow on my whole situation, I will say that even before the tournament, I told the tournament director where I was fishing, so he knew where I was fishing. And I told him it was, I got, I made sure it was clear all the way uh, to and from the lake. I made sure he knew it was, it was very clear. And I also shared my location with the cameraman, uh, Mark Cisneros. So he knew where I was hoping he could swing down and get some pictures of me at a couple spots that told him that, that were public. He could go in and, and snap some photos. So the reason I bring this up Bailey is because people out there are, they're driving a false narrative that, Man, like this is why people don't want to fish kayak fishing tournaments because they don't know what's happening out there and you're so far away and all this stuff. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Do you, you don't know, even if you launch from the same place or, or five or six different places or, or 15, it doesn't matter. Once everyone gets out of your site, bass boat tournament or kayak tournament, it doesn't matter. You can still, you can still do anything. You could accidentally do like Gene Jensen did, get out, fish in a marina, uh, you know, it's not legal to fish from from the bank and that's kind of where i think he got dq'd in the kbf because he posted it on youtube he didn't know obviously it was unintentional but like people point to that as well that's why we can't let people get out of their kayaks and do this and it's like guys in any tournament scenario all these scenarios these ways that you could cheat 
can happen. People can still do that. But here's the thing. And the reason I bring up Mark Cisneros in the, in the camera and sharing my location. When you – the only reason to cheat is to win. You know what I mean? That's it. Because to win money, you're, you're doing it because you're – for whatever whatever down point you are in your life that you feel like you need to go steal money, basically. You're cheating to win, okay? So if you're, if you're cheating to win, then on all these two-day tournaments, when the camera guys are on you and they're, ask, you're, they're getting all your locations and they're following you, they want to bring a camera guy on you, how in the world are you going to – how are you going to cheat then? How are you going to bypass that at that point? Like you're not, so you're not going to win. And so people are making this false narrative, but this is why we need to have all these, these rules because these guys are just doing whatever. And they're all just, it's the wild West. They're just fishing wherever they want. And it's, it's all illegal waters making this, these false narratives that aren't true. And you can't win when the media is covering you and you, and you're, you know, and the whole, obviously you got lie detector tests. We have to pass those. When you win a tournament, guess what? They ask where you launch, and you get. And when you tell them, they can look if it's legal or not, and you're disqualified. So, even people that say, "Oh, people are launching from places that are," and yeah, you could say, "Oh, that person lied," but the tournament directors aren't stupid. They can tell when someone is kind of being evasive, especially if you come out of nowhere and you've never done good before, and it's like, I don't know. Like you can start, you can pick up trends. You know what I mean? That that should raise an eyebrow, and that's why I think it's no problem why someone protested my tournament because when you win that's when you're going to get scrutinized the most i mean i that was my third win in a row like yeah. someone should definitely have an eyebrow raised dude my eyebrow was raised i was like my god i just won three in a row i can't believe that like yeah. i was shocked and blown away because that's just you don't expect that to happen in a right. single person sport and i just got super fortunate and just all worked out but your eyebrow should be raised and so it's not like i don't think any tournament's ever been won in kayak fishing that i know of that i i can that I, I don't think anyone's ever done anything like launch from some illegal spot or fish illegal fish or whatever. And, and anyway, I, I just think it's not really a, a good logic with where they're going with that stuff. Cause it's just not happening. You know, until someone wins something by doing something illegal like that, then, and, and we, we are submitting our fish and you see our check-in locations and you see the fish when they're submitted, you, you track, they're tracking us, you know, with tourney X and stuff. So, it's just not as easy as people make it seem and they want to scare people away from fishing the tournaments. But I don't, yeah. I don't really know anybody that's out there. that's not fishing tournaments and saying that, Oh, it's just, I don't believe the legitimacy of those kayak tournaments. Like, like you believe the le legitimacy of your local fast boat tournaments when no one's around where those boats can run off to just, it's the same thing. Anyone could cheat if they want to and any of that, that stuff, but how yeah. are you going to do it? Once you get serious and they get the camera guys on you, how are you going to pull it off? Then you're not, lie detector test how are you gonna pull it off you know where they don't raise an eyebrow and figure out if you if you fail it so you're just not hey i've been through the gauntlet dude i didn't even break a rule uh you know and i can tell you right now you're not going to cheat intentionally in any of these tournaments and get away with it the second someone protests you and you got to go through this whole judicial you know this kind of court-like feel right process trials yeah. Bro, you better have your ducks in a row. I was glad I'm sponsored by GoPro and was filming the whole thing. Have every fish catch, you know, everything I did pre-fishing, it's all on camera. And then even after pre-fishing, when I went back to, to refilm even more stuff just to make sure I have plenty to show, you're not getting away with anything in our sport, guys. It's not happening. Don't be afraid to fish any tournament. It's all in the up and up, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get away with it, trust me. But yeah. uh to me, the last thing I'll mention I haven't mentioned is it's um that I think it's the other thing that would be, you know, kind of sad is that the
the sport of kayaking itself, just kayaking, not even kayak fishing, just kayaking is one of the most booming sports in the country, in the world because of the health benefits and the, the cost benefits, you know, it's so le- much less expensive, gets people out in nature and people are, are really in tune with that these days, you know, and to have uh, people like the Yamaha Right Waters Act fighting for clean water and water access and Far Wide app, the app that is sponsored the Angler of the Year for Hobie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sponsored the year I won, even 2020 Far Wide and KBF Angler of the Year. Like those, all these people out there, they're the river keepers that are fighting so much for these blue ways. That's what they call them. They're blue ways on the rivers and creeks. They're not fighting for boat ramps on the main lake. There's enough of them. You know, we've got good boat ramp facilities fighting for kayaking here and for the future of this sport, forget kayak fishing, just kayaking. And to me that, that fits so well. It makes so much sense. And there's so many tourism, tourism departments out there that have not a 45,000 acre lake, but have amazing small lakes and rivers and two or three of them that can get, get behind with some money you know, enough for us to go there and say, this is great. Come, you know, come wherever, you know, come here and, and check out these, you know, want this lake that's 15,000 acres and has a several rivers and creeks feeding into it, which would be enough for a 200 acre angler kayak tournament. You know, once you've mm-hmm. got the rivers and the creeks, you know, so that's, that's the, that's the thing to me that, that gets me is I want to continue. That's been my message from the beginning. I, you know, I work with a kayak manufacturer and have since the beginning of this. And, and when the, when the kayaks were, when we were trying like, Oh, we can't have a kayak that's over 85 pounds. That's pushing it guys. We got to keep them kayaks. And all of a sudden it turns into these mini boats and motors and, uh, and whatnot, which is cool. Cause it's growing the sport because you want right. to see it all, but we don't want to lose, you know, the actual kayak either. You know, that many boats we're fishing out of now are awesome. I love them too. I've got motors. I got graphs. I mean, I'm going to use them when it's necessary. And, uh, but we definitely don't want to lose that original intent of, what, why we got into kayak, which was to get to the skinny and a lot of the shallow water and electric only lakes and the places that maybe just aren't overcrowded with bass boats everywhere. Cause we all know that, you know, I think you would say, and everyone would say that's a bass boater that, you know, the lakes have plenty of pressure as it is like no one's, no one's ever complained and said, Oh my God, I'm so upset at this tournament. I was all by myself fishing. I was all alone where I launched. I'm so upset about that. No one's ever complained and said <laughs> no, that no. the words have never been uttered, but they have been frustrated, gotten in, arguments and fights and at too many people around me too many people launching with me i'm frustrated at that so kayak fishing allows us to do the opposite just go have fun man just chill get out in in all the parts of the lake wherever you choose to go up the rivers the creeks the main lake the banks skip docks whatever you do it lets you do every single bit of it and that's what's what's awesome about it so but yeah that's that's kind of uh to finally wrap up the story i presented all the uh, evidence obviously and the committee uh i'm not going to mention who they are they i think they're allowed to if they want to but it's not my place to mention um but they were you know everyone was very professional that the the angler that protested very very professional friend of mine shake his hand give him a hug next time i see him no no issues because bailey if if it was you or me like Neither Dang, one dude, of us that's supposed to tell people is me. Dang. <laughs> All right. If it was, but if you saw something and you thought I broke a rule, I mean, you you have an honor like that person who protested yeah. to to kind of like stand up for the entire field because maybe you're the only maybe you or somebody maybe you guys out there listening have fished a tournament before and you're the only witness to somebody that broke a rule, and if it's not for you sticking up, protesting. 
and sticking up, you're actually sticking up for the entire field to make it legitimate. It's kind of like your, like your duty, kind of like in golf. It's, you know, you kind of have to, to game of honor a little bit. You kind of have to do some things like that sometimes to stick up for the entire field. So, um, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about that angler, about the entire field. Uh, I mean, sticking up for the entire field and the entire Bassmaster team and the process. Chris Bowes, like I said, was amazing. Um, same with uh, Lisa Talmadge, incredible. So they were they were just very very professional how they handled it. The um, the so the basically the, to wrap up the story when I showed them what I had, and you know to kind of like show them, hey, here's that exact log. Here's how you get past it, and yep. here's some other stuff that I want to show you guys that it's in that section too. And here's how I kind of got through it and passed it. Here's some some tougher stuff. They, um, she called me, Lisa Thomas did, and like it might have been five, ten minutes after the call. And it says the Bassmaster rules for appeal say you will get a, a verbal, uh, within 24 hours, a verbal answer whether or not you, you know, won the appeal or not. And I got a call within five or ten minutes. It was, it was unanimous and it was that quick. And they, and she said, you were, you were cleared. And, uh, probably felt good. Yeah. Like a weight lifted. It was like, I don't think I've cried so hard, man. Like, cause I stayed off social media. Cause I knew, I knew what people was, were potentially wanting to say. I know that people that want it to be true so badly that like, you know, you want to see someone who's at the top fall. I don't know why, like our, you know, it's just part of it's human nature. People want to see that happen for some reason. Like you want to see Tiger Woods fall. Like he can't be that good. He can't be that like people. And I've had a good year, you know, and I've worked so hard. It's just, I've just put in so much hard work and I worked so hard to find that spot, those fish studied the research, the species I went after, everything was so calculated. And I don't know why we have that in us, in, in us, you know, the human nature that you just want to see that, but then we want to see people get built back up too, you know, like, and come back from it. And, but I know what people are saying out there. And it, it, I just know, I mean, I didn't read it, but people have told me some things that were said and, and I knew what would probably, was probably going on. So I stayed off social media, so I wouldn't have any hate in my heart towards anybody, you know, um, mm-hmm. by hearing something they said it, but, the only thing I would say, man, is I, I never cried so hard in, in my wife's arms than I did at that, at that point because I just felt like I was – I was, like it was a thorough investigation. I feel like the, the victory was more validated now. There's never going to be any questions over, around it, whereas before if the person didn't protest and they had a photo or video of that log or whatever, then it's like, yeah, but come on, man. Like was this really legal? Like it's like this cloud. So yeah. now I feel like – You're clear. And then yeah. cleared and just the fact that – you know, I don't know, man, just, I wouldn't, I, you know, this is my life, you know, it's my livelihood. It's my family. This is kayak fishing has given me everything in this world and I love it to death. So for anyone to ever think for a second that I would have done something intentionally, I don't think anyone thought intentionally I did anything, but people in the sport don't know how long I've been kind of, you know, in this sport, working in it and doing stuff within it. Um, people don't know that I invented the high, low seat that we're all sitting in this camp chair seat that moves up and down and all these kayaks. They don't know that Akusa had designed, it was my signature series with Jackson when I first got into the sport. They don't know that. And they don't know that, you know, all the stuff that kind of like that led up to this. They don't know what, what Chad did or any of the people who kind of have been some of the early like pioneers of the sport. They don't know that. And so they might come in there and say, this guy's been winning like crazy. Oh, here we go here. This must be why they want to find a reason um, and so that, that was kind of, it felt amazing to kind of have, have everything clear. Like you said, the weight was lifted off my shoulders and it was just like, Hey, forget the money, forget the AOI, all that stuff. I just wanted people to know like this, 
the truth. I wanted people to know. Yeah, like I did go through and the, the last thing I will comment, I do know that people were online and I think we can all, somebody else is going to get protested in the future. It'll happen. I want you to know a couple things. If you're listening to this one, don't freak out, trust the process, let it play out because protesting is not a bad thing in our sport. Bailey, I think you would agree to have even this, especially on a higher profile angler to have this happen and bring it to light can only be a good thing. So people know like how hard it is to win in the sport and you better be prepared to prove things and, and just let people know how legitimate it really is. So the, um, the only thing I would say is just stay calm, relax, let the process play itself out. All you, if you did not break any rules, you just need to let it play itself out, show you did not prove it. And then let that, you know, three person panel, you know, decide, and then accept whatever decision they, they have made. You just have to accept it. Now, whether I, I won or lost the appeal, I was, like I said, I didn't want to win a tournament that I broke a rule in. I would be the first one to drive that trophy to, to Guillermo Gonzalez as fast as possible and hand it to him. So you got to be willing to accept it and act like a, just a pro during the whole thing, even though it's maybe tough to swallow as much as potentially losing a win and the AOI, which would be right. hardly anything harder than that. But um, your reputation is worth it. There are bigger things in life. My family yeah, definitely got closer to my family. I found out who a lot of my true friends are that really reached out to me and, and sh showed a lot of love and compassion. And um, during the time uh, in a time when I needed it, the only thing I would say to anyone else out there who, again, I don't know what I was said online is instead of speculating and, and hearing a rumor about the biggest one I heard is that people said I did not go through and make sure the section was clear before the tournament. Well, good thing you can't get away with anything these days because cell phones track everything. I've got, that's why I was able to prove them. I hear if, you know, the text messages I had with the angler who picked me up all the way there at the lake, you know, and the exact pin I've got dropped to him, like pick me up here. And then he drove, he's, he's got obviously his testimony that, uh, you know, I put, uh, drove Drew back to this bridge here and this is where, so obviously it's like, okay, I did, plus I have my footage. Right. But, but what it did to, so I think some other people out there that kind of started going with some, some things that weren't true. They started spreading things that weren't true. It made, made me look bad for a short term, right. For the time being, but now that it's proven to, that it was not true. I think it's probably not looked that great for them because now they're just speculation and they kind of stirred and pushed and kept, you know, stirring the pot and you, and maybe again, stirring the pot to all these narratives, these knee jerk reactions that maybe they're trying to, to get across where we need designated launches. We need this, we need that. We need to change this. Um, for, for what reason this, this, this tournament was not, there was no rule broken. We have no issues with any of that stuff. Uh, I don't feel, but anyway, maybe they do. Um, but anyway, I just, I felt like the only thing you could do as a, another professional kayak angler, someone like you, that's a high profile person in the sport Bailey is sit back and just do exactly what you did. Say, you know what? I, I'm just going to wait and let Bassmaster do the due process, play itself out. And once we get all the facts, then let's talk about it instead of stirring up stuff. And, and causing a yeah. lot of controversy and just doubt and it just doesn't look good for anybody. I know it, but here's the yeah. problem, dude. Social media is more likely to go viral. Eight, it's eight times more likely to go viral if it's uh, untrue. If it's untrue, it's just like rumors and stuff just spreading. People just want to do that. So unfortunately, the nature of the internet and businesses that make money on the internet is clicks. They need mm -hmm. clicks. So if they start fueling the fire on things and drama and things that are untrue, especially in putting out rumors that are not true, 
well, then they're getting more clicks and more views. So it's growing their business. In the meantime, all these people that are involved in it, they could be, you know, doing th better things with their life because it's all untrue stuff. They're all sitting there talking about. And in my yeah. situation, that was the case when whoever thought I, and maybe I misspoke or said something, I, you know, that maybe made it sound like I didn't go through that section on uh, the KBN podcast. I did. I, I don't think so, but maybe I did. And if so, I get it. But um, I don't believe I ever said I never went through that section because I certainly did. That's for sure. Yeah. The whole thing uh, with online is, ridiculous and i understand i mean shoot i do youtube on the side so like i understand what what trying to get clicks is because like you can't do youtube well nowadays if you don't know what attracts people's yeah. attention not saying that we're geared to like go for things that are untrue but you, right. you're geared to learn what attracts people's attention to click um but i this right. is like, like this is exactly what i told you like when it comes to something like this where you know, for some people, it's news, it's a buzz, it's like a conversation, it's a trending topic, yada, 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 where they don't have any personal stake involved. They forget that there's somebody that is potentially going to be personally affected by this decision. And then they just start, like you said, typing and they don't think mm -hmm. and it comes back to not right. thinking about consequences after you click send and. I mean, I'm going to be, I'll be the first to say that I've done it. There's, I mean, I'll be the first to acknowledge that I've said stupid stuff, especially yeah. online that I didn't think about consequences afterwards um, yeah. or how crappy I would feel afterwards. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I told you straight up, like when I called you, I was like, look, I'm hearing stuff. I just want to hear it from you because right. you're my friend. And I've had people that reached out to me and said, Hey, did you hear about this? What do you think about that? And I straight up told them, like, I don't have an opinion because I don't know the fact right i wasn't there so i will let the whole thing happen and i'll hear it from drew and then whatever's to happen is going to happen but like i don't know I, I hate i hate that i mean it's different i think for most people because i don't think most know you whereas like i know you and i know that this would never you you would not be unfaithful or untrusting or try to you're you are very good at you, the style of fishing that you like to do. Like, I could not do what you do, especially not in a Hobie PA 14. Good grief. Right. Uh, but like, I just think some people can't grasp that fact. And I think it's a, it's one thing that sucks about, and it's not even a fishing problem. It's a societal issue. Oh, for which sure. It's never going to be fixed. Unfortunately. No, but, I agree. I think you're right. Some people just can't grasp that, but what's, what just gets me, what, what I can't ever get over, can't understand is that they, those same people have no problem watching and rooting on, you know, a Jason Christie goes 60 miles up a river with his boat and navigate all that stuff or somebody make a long run or do something crazy or cool or John Cox go really shallow or Keith Boucher or whatever. Like they have no, there's no problem there. Like most of the people, it's still like, Oh, that's exciting. I love seeing that. And it's, it's cool. But then all of a sudden on the flip side, it's once it's in kayak and it seems to be happening, it's like, why is that not as, equally respected for some reason it's not easy because see i'll tell you why it's not like you just said you couldn't do it or whatever well in the kbf national championship uh trust me it wasn't just the the top you know just five of us or whatever that were in creeks i know people who went and fished creeks the kbf national championship that did not get limits they didn't get like they were in a actual true river and creek did not get a limit at all mm -hmm. it's not like you can just go out there and just magically you just get to water that 
you know, the boats don't get to, and you just catch 85, 95 inches. Like it's easy. It's not easy. It's still hard. The fish are not stupid. Yeah. That's they're clear water creeks or they're, you know, very smart still. And it's very challenging. The maneuvering your kayak, the way you have to approach them. It's so, so hard. That's why I always, even the, the Bassmaster Pickwick tournament at the, at the stage, I was like, dude, fishing is hard. It was a struggle that second day. I don't know where those big fish went. I never saw one, never got bit by one. They were all there the day before. I don't know if the shad moved. Uh, the, maybe it was the gizzards or, or what, maybe a certain type that moved somewhere out of that area I was fishing and they just chased them. I don't know, but fishing is hard, man. And it, in a Creek, it's like, if I went out there and tried to do what you do, you're going to out catch me like 10 to one. It's just, that's just the way it is. So it's not, so my style is not somebody else's style and vice versa. So the best anglers in the world, uh, the, the wheelers and the politics can do it all. And they're very good at all of it. That's why they're so good. And the, the key is they know when to go where they know when and why to go and do what, so, um, but yeah, but I think what the whole kayak fishing community, we probably all learned a lot from the whole incident and hopefully next time you'll respect the person who's being protested because it's innocent, innocent until proven guilty. You know, even if it's, that sounds like bad, like someone did something intentional, even if it's an unintentional rules violation, you know, innocent until proven guilty, you need to let the process play out. And then, then you can, you know, comment on the outcome and the truth once the facts are laid out, then we can talk about it, but um, start rumors and speculate stuff, especially to push agendas and try to get things changed in the sport based on something that's not even true. Um, you know, to me, it's just not right. And it's just, it's not the way we should be acting as professionals in the sport, especially anyone who out there call, calls themselves a professional um, and is getting online. I would, if I was considering myself a professional in the sport, I, I don't know if I would get up involved in that sort of like banter and, and stuff that just kind of makes you look, you know, you don't see uh, the top whoever, like players, sports athletes in the world. You don't, you know, all of a sudden get down on social media forums, you know, talking about whatever. You don't see Tom Brady come down and like, oh, hey guys, no, I don't, that's not right. That it's not true. I didn't deflate the balls. That's not that didn't happen that way. Here's, you know, they're not like on there. It just doesn't look professional for another. If another like if Dak Prescott came in or Josh Allen and that whole situation with the Deflate Gate, why would they get involved? How unprofessional would that make them look to get involved in that when the NFL is handling it? So, Very. Um, I think we've learned a lot from the situation. And um, and uh, the last thing I will say real quick, I thought was a good point um, on kayak fishing and our ceiling is Toyota did an article with me earlier this year because uh, a Grand Lake, I believe, when I or Lewis Smith, I can't remember, but basically like how I use my truck to get around during the tournament. So having a lot of these, any public access, you know, legal, like, like we have now, it's really cool because a it's public. We can all access it. No one's at any disadvantage. It's all legal, but B um, your trucks and vehicles that get us around are even more valuable in kayak fishing than the bass boat world, because bass boats are just getting to and from like interstate miles. That's basically it. Okay. But in kayak fishing, there are, times where you move you know once twice three four five times a day load back up and move and you maybe you're in four-wheel drive sometimes at some of these places you know like a dirt road or whatever um and man their their vehicle becomes as important as the outboard engine to a bass boat and then toyota perked up was like wow okay man i didn't realize you guys could crank us up you know crank us up during the tournament and getting that tacoma and moving like yeah and they this that's really cool you know that you're relying on our vehicle 
And we need the non-endemics like nobody's business, man. Like we need them so bad because we don't yeah. have the engine. We don't have the fiberglass boat companies. Uh, we, ha- we have everybody else pretty much, but we don't have a couple of the big non-endemics or, or the couple of the big endemics. And we need these big non-endemics to, to pick up on how special this sport is. And, and we're going to potentially well, I think that's a, This is another conversation I would love. I mean, this is for another show. Uh, it might honestly call for a business from the bass boat episode because that's really what this speaks sure. to. Is I think what this sport is missing. I think the opportunities there. I think the companies would be interested. I think we are lacking the amount of personalities in the sport. In terms, I'll take that back. I think the sport has the personalities. It doesn't have the. They don't have the platform. Is what I'm trying to get at. Is where. Yeah. Right. Like yourself, you have a following, you have a, a, a platform that for these big non-endemics, it, that, I mean, non-endemic, the biggest thing is you're not going to have a long-term, in most cases, long-term partnership with these big non-endemics. It, they're going after because they see an ROI in a different niche that they're not involved in. So you need to have a return on investment. So biggest thing for these non-endemics is ROI, which like for you, they'd have an ROI. For Christine, they'd have an ROI. Mm-hmm. Greg Blanchard, they'd have an ROI. Alex Rudd, you know, these people that are in the kayak fishing niche. Beyond that, dude, I don't know if I can name 10 people that have a platform for these people that for a big and non-endemic to go after. Like they they might have, they might be on their way, but I think something needs to happen in the sport where there needs to be a boom. Like there needs to be something that adds a legitimacy. And I think it's just time. I think it's time for the audience to grow, but like, we're, we're definitely missing, you know, the bigger platforms, the bigger reaches to therefore draw in these non-endemics. I mean, it's one thing for them to get involved in a tournament organization, but I think for them to get involved in an angler, I mean, you, you see it. I mean, like Christine, you, yourself, you guys have non-endemics where mm-hmm. it's like, but that's, I mean, that's it though, right? I mean, they're only going to go after you if you have the ROI. Right. And I think it's just, there's not enough brand uh, personalities right. that have the the size platform to draw in the big money right now mm-hmm. yeah it's it's minimal and even the non-endemics i mean christine's probably a different story but like gopro i mean yeah we used to get paid cash from gopro back in the day when gopro was really coming on the scene we're hot and they were rolling in dough but not anymore i mean you know you get some cameras and that's I mean, it's a non-endemic, which is cool. It's it's good, you know. And back in, when I was sponsored by Under Armour, that was a non-endemic. That's awesome because they're a big name, big brand. But again, they don't have like the funding really. They, like it's so small still to them. It's like okay, here's all you know, here's a bunch of clothes and stuff. But and it looks good and helps you kind of you know have the affiliation with a big name brand. It might help you get some other sponsors, but it's not to the level that I think you know where we need to get. Especially when you consider how many people are are kayaking, you know, and kayak fishing that would follow this. It's, 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 it's really big. It's if they're in, if they're in bass boat world, they, then they, there's enough people in the kayak world to get into it, but they're probably just looking at the tournament numbers and tournament side of the kayak fishing world, not the entire kayak fishing community, because a lot of people do get into kayak fishing to get away from, they just want peace and seclusion and not, not tournaments and competition. They, you know what I mean? But even the people that don't fish tournaments, they that kayak fish, they still follow it. They still kind of like like to to follow the whole the whole scene. You know what I mean? So they're still watching, and that's really what matters. The, the eyeballs. So they're still watching. But uh, yeah, it was a good. Um, yeah, it's been a great episode, man. Do you want to talk to you for yeah. five minutes or something? And uh, or you got anything else on this topic before we wrap? 
and move on to the no, Tennessee? No, man, I, I think this is I think this is good. I think we really covered a lot of it, and I'm sure we can always come back to a certain thing. But I, I do think that this calls for some more. It'd be really cool to get a panel together to do like a business from the Bass Boat episode um, to really talk more on the business side of this because I think we got into a rabbit hole here that I'd love to go down. But if we if you and I get into this, we'll be here till two in the morning. And, yeah. and knowing yeah, you, absolutely. you probably have some some uh, a kid with too many skittles to go look True. after. Yeah, <laughs> go check on. Yeah, no um, doubt, man. I mean, this. I think the bottom line, like you said, we just need a few rules clarifications. Yep. Um, you know, from the lake, what does that mean? You know, they might need to fix that. You know, word that, or obviously, if they make it where you just get out and can portage, then it's like then it's easy then because if as long as you're in a, a creek or river that free flows into that lake, you're fine. Because uh, then. You could just get out and, like I said, I want everyone to be able to access this water. I just don't want it. I don't, it's like I'm trying to keep it off myself. I want anybody to fish. There's a lot of good fishing that can be had, so we can clear some of that up. I think our sport will be a lot better uh, off for sure, and hopefully, you know, we will. It's the evolution of sports. You know, it's someone does something or something happens, and you you realize you need a little bit more clarification in this area to, for the anglers, you know, and and everybody. So. If nothing else, I'm taking the positive from all this, Bailey, and always have from the, from day one. Uh, I know God's got something positive coming from it, and he certainly has already and, and more hopefully to come from this. And hopefully that positive is, you know, we can clean up the rules a little bit, and uh, I'm hoping more people can can fish all the kayak. It's crazy. I'm trying to, like, defend fishing kayak water only waters in a kayak fishing tournament. Like, why do I have to, like, feel, feel like I have to defend that? Like, I want everyone to be fishing those waters. That's that where we should be fishing. And the places the boats can go. It should be all of the above, which is the cool thing about the kayak. But Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, dude, hopefully. So this time when people are listening to this, I know obviously it's Monday for us, but people will be listening to this on a Friday. Uh, are you heading down on Friday? When are you getting down? Because you and I are staying uh, together. So yeah, I'll be seeing you real soon by the time I'm gonna be. Wait. That's right. I'm going to be maybe down by like the night of the 5th or the 6th, even the day of the 6th. I'm not getting down there. Honestly, I'm pretty whipped from all this i'm going into the toc like just as carefree as ever i you know i've had an incredible season i mean if you count the kbf sweep of one weekend that's technically three wins the pro series and the two trail series it's three wins three on the bassmaster six aoy bassmaster it's like dude I, i'm just carefree as could be heading to this final tournament i feel like the, you know one of the luckiest guys in the world to have the season i've had this year again wins are fluky last year i had none so I'm just going to get down there, spend a little bit more time with the family here, hang out with them. And uh, it's hard to, hard to leave. You know, these kids are, they're just so cute. So they're growing and changing so much every day. And uh, yeah, I'll see you whenever uh, I get down there, I guess. <laughs> Probably like yeah. the six. six we'll yeah. By the, by the time this episode airs, I'll be seeing you real soon, but it sounds but, like you're sticking me alone with Nolan. Yeah. I mean, you and Nolan can figure it out. I mean, what's the day <laughs> the tournament starts? The 11th? Yes. Yeah. I'm still going to have like one, two, three, like four days of pre-fishing or four and a half even. That's like, I again, I know it's probably, I probably should get as much as possible once it opens up to. Well, yeah. I mean, this is going to be my question to you is I'd say a fair amount of the field has all been here before for other championship style events. Like, I mean, KBS been here a hundred times, it seems, but do you think the fortune's going to favor those that have been here before or may potentially favor mm. somebody that's brand new? 
you know, I, I think when you get anglers at this level and their intelligence, I don't think it matters that someone's have been there before. I really don't think it matters because the ones who haven't, like I'd never been there before in 2019 and I got second out of 650 people in the national championship, never seen the lake, never even heard of the lake. And Mike Elsie won that year. And so, I mean, people can, when, once you understand bass fishing and what bass do and whatever you, and you get multiple days on the water to figure it out, you're, it's going to, you know, you're going to figure it out a little bit better. I mean, it sounds stupid. You're going to figure it out or you're not, but I feel like they are, that gives you enough time to where if you understand bass that you can certainly figure it out, you know? So, you know, if you have been here before, I'd never been here. Let's say I fished it once last year in the fall. One of the days of the national championship, I fished on Caddo. The rest, I was on Bistano. My motor blew up on day two on Bistano and it was my fault. Re- wired it but poorly when i shortened the shaft i guess it just picked a bad time to cut out it cost me the kbfa wipe anyway not bitter about that one but they the next day i was like well man this stinks you know i was in a hunt for everything and now i'm, I'm out so i went to caddo and and i uh, caught like 90 something inches so it was it was it fished good in the fall i mean i had a good day there but uh everything's different now you know i mean it's going to be further in the fall i've never fished it this far in the fall we've got uh, I don't know how many launches that it looks like. 15, yeah, we have a, a list, a set list of launches we're allowed to yeah. go to. So there's, you know, a lot Needs of the 15. places I, I won't be able to get to some of the places I had gotten to before. So there's a, you know, canoe and kayak launch I launched from for the national championship. Didn't, didn't look like it was on the list. So I won't even be able to get to some of that water. So it's kind of like going to be new to me, really. I'm not going to be able to fish any of the water I've fished before, even though I have been on that lake before. So We'll see, yeah. but it should be fun. I mean, that's enough days, all four and a half days to figure something out. And, and uh, I'm just free as can be, man, in this one. So maybe that maybe that's a good way to be. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, just go in there, just loose and free. And um, But what about you, man? You're excited about it? Have you talked to Nolan any? You guys? No, no, I haven't really talked much. Actually, speaking of the devil, literally text me right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's actually kind of weird that that, that, that happened like yeah, that. Him at the Airbnb money, he still has me. But, but, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll crack up, crack down. No, oh, man, that's funny. Uh, he actually just texted me. That's that's talking. hilarious. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't talked much, honestly. Um, you know, I think one thing, one of the biggest things I learned, and I think it'd be really good to do a season recap show with you um, in a few weeks yeah. once it's all done. But um, you know, that first tournament Toledo, I went so hard. I think it's because it was like the first tournament of the year that was like research, like you have nothing else to do during the winter. Right. Went like way too overboard. And I think that screwed me. Whereas like, I just kind of take the relaxed way to do it, make sure I'm prepared. I do a little bit of research, but I don't go overboard, like making sure that I'm not clouding my mind with any judgment. Um, and I kind of, I mean, I liked five days or no, it's like six days of practice, isn't it? Like four, five, six. Yeah, I think so. Saturday to Thursday, right? Yeah, you're up six. So like, that's a lot, but I, I, I trying to like, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a mental game the first three days to try to not get too preconceived of notions of what's going on. It might, it might be better for people to have shorter practice. Who knows? Cause it's the mm-hmm. fall. Things change so fast in the fall. Uh, although it looks like we have stable weather for now, but if anything like the North, it'll be, changing in 12 mm-hmm. hours but i don't i'm just excited man it's it's a brand new place to me it's it's in the south uh i like going mm-hmm. to a brand new fishery uh i get to go film chasing hardware i'm excited for that either way it's going to be a win for me in terms of just like making fun content for the channel but also you want i want to win 
I mean, that's what every, all 50 people are they going to be there for. So, I mean, it's like a stupid thing to yeah. say that I want to win. But, like, I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, man. It's a new fishery for me. It's one that I've, I don't think I've ever fished anything like it. So that's going to be the kind of exciting challenge, I think, is trying to get accustomed to that. Yeah, that's true to figure that out. Yeah, you, you'll pick it up and figure it out real quick, I'm sure. Um, and I, I'm just excited to get there with you guys and have some fun and just kick back, take it easy, and just really enjoy this one and soak it all in. So I can't wait, man. You've had an incredible year. I know chasing hardware has been awesome. Um, I still have to catch up with some of them, but I've loved – ones I've watched and you got a great series. I hope people are watching that. It's exciting to watch. And I'm excited to see the last one here, uh, be filmed and, um, and just, yeah, just see what the future holds for this tournament. And then look at these schedules coming out for next year. I'm excited to see what, what happens there too. So we can kind of get a game plan for next year and maybe fish some, um, some of these tournaments together, coordinate a little bit. Heck yeah, dude. I appreciate it. But, uh, for folks that tuned in, thank you guys for listening to this episode. It definitely went way longer. Cause I think we started out saying it's, wasn't going to be too long of an episode tonight, but I think there was a lot more details to pack out than we had uh, anticipated. But uh, no, I appreciate everybody for, for tuning in this one. It was a lot of fun. Always good to get you on here, Drew. You know, you always have a seat at our table here on Sirius Angler. So I appreciate you taking yeah. the time out. I know you got uh, kids on su- on sugar highs right now. So yeah. I'm sure you, I know you That's said they're sleeping, but I don't know, man. Sugar high, they can come back with vengeance. Never so. know. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. You never know. And next time we get on together, maybe we can, uh, instead of having to, uh, you know, unpack details of protests and things like that. We'll get into some nuts and bolts of really how to catch these fish. Cause I know that's the other topic that yeah. people love listening to the series angler podcast for really understanding. Okay. Well, why it's, it's just, you make it why? sound so easy. I just threw this mini max chatterbait over here. This go, but where, why did I figure out that exact spot where, and what was the, the small, the setups, the details of all that good stuff that, you know, the series angler is so good at breaking down normally. Yeah, I think it would be cool to do a backwater breakdown. Let's do like a backwater oh, yeah. 101 of like, to some people, I mean, it's relatively straightforward, but to someone that's been doing it for this long, I think there's some nitty gritties that they can oh, figure right. out and take from you. For I think sure, that'd man. be a pretty cool show. But, for sure, so. but dude, cool. as always, appreciate you. And uh, I have no outro for the folks. Just uh, it's not, I am not going to be on the shows next week. My head will be focused on TOC. So you guys are stuck with Andy and Adam next week. Uh, but I will be back the following week on the 14th. It will join the shows. But as always, folks, appreciate you guys. Peace out. Love you guys. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.